Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Art of Charm. I'm Johnny. And I'm AJ. Over the last couple weeks, Johnny and I have had a couple great talks about life's brutal truths. Today, we dive deep into the subject of accountability. AJ, when we talk about accountability, we're talking about taking personal responsibility for our lives, goal setting, and also giving value to others when we're able to be their best accountability buddies. Johnny, I've been lucky to have some great accountability partners like you when it comes to working out, but I can also see that there are many areas of my life where I haven't embraced accountability. Well, hopefully you're all in after today's episode. I am. And I'm letting our audience know that I'm going to be sharing my goals on the podcast later. Johnny, you're in it with me, right? Always. Let's get to it. So today we're talking about, I view this as kind of a cheat code okay. in self-development. And this is something that we stumbled on years ago. And I know we've been each other's accountability buddies mm-hmm. over the years because of this real power in accountability. And I know that accountability for some of us listening, myself included, five, six years ago, is a scary word because there's vulnerability tied to it. There's the fact that you have to rely on someone else and share some of your goals and, and let people know what you're working on. And there's also this fear that, well, when we're held accountable, we might fail and not live up to our goals and expectations. You know, and I don't know why in certain contexts I wasn't able to do it. And then certain contexts I was able to do it. And through my life, I had learned that in the times that I did, I had gained enough wins to transition it into other aspects of my life that in the past I wasn't able to. And of course, we'll talk about those different avenues as we go through this today. So you felt that your success kind of led to momentum in other areas and allowed you to feel more comfortable being vulnerable and getting more accountability in your life. Well, sure. But there was having to get to a point where there's only one thing left to do, which was take accountability. I think a lot of people, well, at least it was for me that I had saw accountability as the last grasp straw to make it happen in certain areas. So achieving anything in life takes practice. We know that, okay? Whether it's learning a new skill, riding a bike for me, trying to play golf, writing every day, working out, eating healthy, et cetera. These are all practices that get better with time. Now, whether you want to change your habits, health, body, relationships, or your finances, 
identifying the right commitment system can make it easy for you to reach those goals. Now, when you are accountable to someone else, that supercharges things. That's another level because that creates social expectations. And we've all encountered social expectations growing up through peer pressure. Sure. Right? Those expectations that our peer group put on us can lead to us sometimes doing things that might be a little out of character, doing things that we wouldn't normally do. And I think also, at least for myself, I never rationalized it as peer pressure. I rationalized it as these were my boys. This was part of the group that I was in. I was doing them a favor. By participating. By participating. They weren't influencing me, but that's just how I rationalized it in my teenage brain. So there were certainly areas in both of our lives leading up to this aha (laughs) moment, so to speak, where accountability drove massive change. Yeah. And I know for me personally, when I'm not held accountable, well, it's easy for things to slide into tomorrow and the next day. And and I talked a little bit about this on the perfectionism episode. I am a bit of a procrastinator. It's something I've struggled with throughout life. And unfortunately, growing up, I was still able to skate by through procrastinating, right? Putting off that term paper to the very end, yeah. cramming for the test, procrastinating to the very last minute. I still got the results I was after. So I didn't really have the negative repercussions around procrastination until I gained too much weight. Yeah, I gotcha. I wanted to lose some weight and I was plateauing and trying diet and exercise and all these different things. Nothing was sticking. And I don't know if you remember this, Johnny, but it was it was a bet that was made when I first moved to New York. It was between me, Ben, and Kelly about who could lose the most weight. See, I don't remember that, but continue. And I had gained a fair amount of weight from all the stress of moving to New York and not cooking and just eating takeout and getting delivery lasagna. And this was pre-Postmates. I think this was Grubhub days. And... I felt lethargic, and there was a couple other guys in the company who were also feeling the same way. And we had all of us had struggled with weight, plateaued, and felt this was the largest we'd ever been. So we put a bet down. Who could lose the most weight? And that was the first time that I really made a pledge to someone else that I was going to do something. Well, let's be honest. You have a a healthy competitive spirit about yourself. So we throw some money on the table and you better believe you get moving. I also tend to think of knowing you for as long as I have and working with you and living with you for as long as I have. Pressure helps things move right along to you. When there's a deadline, you may have put it off to the last minute, but you'll get it done. You'll start moving on it. But I will say that I also feel that you understanding this about yourself as we continue to grow as a company, you've challenged yourself more and getting those things done. So I would say perhaps in the past, you may have felt like you were a procrastinator, but you deal with that on a daily basis, but you were definitely working to fix that. I will say that. And I've been able to see that certainly from the, you know, the last, I could say the last couple of years. So. And we'll touch on this a little bit later as well. There's part of this that goes along with picking the right accountability partner. Yeah. So when you're trying to hold yourself accountable, it's important to think about who's going to be the person on the other end that's going to push for that accountability. And some of the areas that I've struggled in in the past is been with my significant other, right? Saying that I want to do some things flippantly. Yeah. And then 
my significant other turns into my accountability buddy, unbeknownst to me, yeah. right? Trying to hold my feet to the fire. So in this instance, we had a weight loss challenge and it was competitive, but it was something that was made aware to everyone in the company. Everyone was kind of tracking our results too. So there was the competitive side of, yes, I want to beat Kelly and Ben, but there was also oh crap, everyone else is now watching me about this one goal that I put on the board. And that's really the power and accountability is setting aside, not only am I doing this goal, but letting other people know that that is a goal and the vulnerability that goes along with that. Because a, a lot of us, yes, we love accountability. We would love someone to push us a little bit more, but we're hesitant to share some of these things we're working on for that fear of failure in letting these people down who are holding us accountable. So we shy away from it. We feel that pressure. And for me, what happens when I procrastinate? Well, I turn inward. I make all the self-analysis and judgments around myself and what I'm capable of. And accountability reinforces that ownership of my goal. Because Sharing something with you, Johnny, mm -hmm. I know you're going to be looking at me when I'm stepping outside of the box, right? When I'm stepping outside of that goal, when I'm doing something that might take me off course. Well, and also the stakes at this point are personally high because of what we want to achieve. And it, and it also impacts our working relationship at the business. And it also impacts the people that look up to us on a daily basis who are our team. And so, of course... I certainly wouldn't want you to get off track and mess up any of that momentum. And of course, you wouldn't want that on, on my end either. But more so than me wouldn't want you to do that, I know personally that you personally wouldn't want that to have happen. And we all understand that of our faults and, so, and how easily we can get knocked off of our journey. So to have somebody knowing that I need to step up because you're counting on me to keep you in line because of how much you don't want to is extremely important. To your point, the weight of that accountability moves me forward, right? Absolutely. Now I'm accountable to the team members mm -hmm. and I'm accountable to the person that I said, hey, this is my goal. Keep me on track. And that accountability partner, yes, is going to drive you towards the goal, but also has to be supportive in getting you back on track when you fall off. Sure. Hey, well, and also, I think there needs to be a stack of responsibility and accountability on my end, whether or not they're going to be the same things doesn't really matter. It's that you understand that there's also a stack on my end that I'm trying to look after that I need help with. And that is also very important to the team, the business and friendship and working relationship. And so we're having those weights being balanced, I think allows us to feel equal in that, in that sustaining that. Absolutely. And the weight loss for me after this challenge, yeah. we'll call it, right? This accountability challenge, this was at this point 11 years ago. I did gain the weight again, mm -hmm. right? I fell off. And you and I had both felt like we were working on, working out, dialing in nutrition, trying to get that summer body, so to speak, living out here in LA, endless summer, and came again to that realization about four four or five years later that, you know what? I need to put some skin in the game. I need to hold myself accountable. And that's when we became each other's workout accountability yeah. buddies. Yeah, in fact, to, so we were doing two a days, which was important. It was a run in the morning and lifting in the evening. And the simple act for me of telling you I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be at the gym 
at 10 a.m. to do this workout. Well, at 9.40, when I was having second thoughts, should I, do I need to, can I just, maybe I'll just tackle this email. I got some heavy duty work. The thought of <laughs> sending you that text of, hey, Johnny, I decided that I'm going to prioritize something over my goals and now your goals. Yes. Right? Because we're in this together. Of That's course. what accountability is about. It's saying, hey, I can't do this on my own. I'm ready for someone else to push me a little further to hold me accountable. And the thought, the dread that would arise around sending you that text, so it's 945. Well, uh, yeah, because you don't want to be the one breaking the chain. I certainly don't want to be the one breaking the chain. And what we found, you know, quickly, third, fourth week, wow, there's more X's on the board, more days we attended the gym than days we fell off from attending the gym. Yeah, now there's the accountability of the calendar on top of the accountability to ourselves. And this is a pattern that is much larger than just weight loss for us. I know as a company, we've set lofty goals. We've set quarterly goals. We've often set yearly goals. Sometimes we've even set goals where people on the team are like, you're crazy. <laughs> we were trying to launch an academy so an online course, one of our first online courses, oh man, this is probably nine years ago. Yeah. And back then, you know, we were running programs. We had never really sold anything online, trying to learn WordPress, backends, trying to figure out how to get this course up and running. And everyone on the team's looking at me like, you're out of your mind, AJ. We're not getting this thing done in six months. And I said, guys, here's the date. We're getting it done in six months. And there were plenty of pitfalls, plenty of false starts, the green screen, the lights were too bright, the air conditioning conked out, everything you could imagine, all those roadblocks. But still saying we're doing it by this date, letting everyone on the team know that this is the plan and hold me accountable too if I'm not in front of that green screen allowed us to move big, big goals in the company forward. Things that would have been too scary otherwise had we not said, hey, this is the goal. We're doing it. Let's get it done. Sure. And that's where accountability in self-development, in business, even now we look to coaches for business, for personal goals, because we know this cheat code, as I was saying earlier. And one of the reasons why I want to discuss this today is I think there's a point in everyone's life where – well, at least there was for myself, and from talking to you, I, there was these moments where you feel floundering, at least I did, or, or lost, and it's trying to figure out what is the point of everything again. So to set this up on for my story, which was, I was in my 20s, I was playing in bands, I was doing everything that I've always wanted to do. Great. There's purpose. There's meaning. In fact... A lot of this idea of finding your own meaning for me was like music. That was my purpose. That's what I was doing here. And then I was telling our producer, John, how I felt about seeing the music industry collapse in on itself. I'm like, well, well, now what do I do? Right? Like they're not handing out record deals anymore. The idea of making a living, a happy one and playing music and doing the things that you love was disappearing. So it's like, okay, well now what do I do? And in that moment for myself, it was, okay, well, I got to straighten out myself until I, that figures that out. Because up until that point, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. That was fine. So the idea was I was going to just start getting into self-development and just try to figure out myself. Now, one of the things that I was able to go back to, which was a 
a mantra in my household that if you wanted anything done, you had to do it yourself. And it was on you to be able to figure out how that was going to get done. So in that moment, I was like, what do I do now? It's like, well, I don't know. No one is going to come knocking on my door and tell me, here's what your next path is. Right. So in doing that, I just started like, well, I guess I'm going to start with myself and I'm going to start with small things. And the first thing was, I'm going to start carrying myself in a better manner. Okay. And I started feeling better. So when you say carry yourself in a better manner, can you elaborate yes. a little bit? What do you mean by that? Well, it was my physiology, my body language. Because at this time, I'm, I'm moving into a place where I'm now becoming lost, floundering, and depressed because I don't know which direction to go. And it was, I was carrying that. I know I was exuding that. I could see it in other people's reaction to me. And this is a, a big principle here at The Art of, of course. This is one of our core tenets of the program. Yeah. Is your body leads your mind and that the way you carry your body language, your posture impacts your thoughts and feelings and vice versa. Yeah, I like to say that it's easier to weigh to it's easier to act your way into thinking than to think your way into acting. So first let's just get control of how we're gonna carry ourselves. Because I needed to start being positive. So what is the first thing I'm going to do with that body language? I'm going to put on a smile and start carrying that. I'm going to start carrying my shoulders down and back. And these are all great steps. And it was like, okay, well, this is now handled. What's the next thing I could take accountability for? And these are small, tiny steps that you can grab in your life. The next thing was, well, how about if I just start waking up at the same time every day and start taking accountability for how I'm going to view my day? What you're talking about here, most people think accountability from the lens that I was talking about earlier, which is tell someone else your goals, get someone else to hold you accountable. But what we're also talking about here is be self-accountable. Yeah. Take some responsibility. It yeah. starts with you. Well, before I bring anyone else into the catastrophe that is <laughs> going to be the mess. My, my, the, the mess, I'm going to, I need to start at least take some own accountability and look and go, I have these things put into place. Could you help me with these other things? So it's these beginning things. So the next was after waking up at a certain time and taking accountability for the rest of my day. At that point, I was like, okay, well, I'll take some extra odd jobs, some other things, just so I'm doing something so I'm not driving myself crazy. And at this time, I was like, there was a, a lady who needed help doing some landscaping. So I would go out in the mornings with her every day, waking up at the same time. It gave me a semblance of Oh, I'm, at least I'm helping somebody. I'm doing something. Of course, right. she, she was paying me for it, but I'm now waking up at 8 in the morning. I have the full day. I'm accountable for it, and I have these jobs a few days a week, and I was helping her. It's like I'm starting to actually be getting to feel like a real person again. And the next thing, so realizing that if I'm going to be the best that I can be to help this lady out— uh, well, I need to make sure that I get to bed on time to wake up at this certain point. So now I'm arranging, putting this together. And then the next thing, I, you know, it's funny because we, I, I'm a huge Jordan Peterson fan. And probably sometimes I... I don't know. I haven't heard you yeah, bring him up. I might even regurgitate a line or two, but I always give him credit. It's the same with Sam Harrison, the rest of my intellectual heroes. But, you know, the next part, and this is why I love the guy so much when he always talks about cleaning his room, because I realize how important that was to me to get some semblance of feeling like a human being and accountability for what was going on in my life. And of course, by putting all these little small steps together, right, then other 
people were coming in to help me on some other larger goals and figuring out some new things that I might want to be doing and give me an opportunity to venture into some of these other ideas, such as self-development. And this is one of the main reasons we're talking about this today and why it's such an important subject for us. What you're talking about with that personal accountability leads to momentum. Yes. Right? And you got momentum going either direction here. D yes, you do. You can start working to build momentum in the right direction, taking responsibility, taking accountability for what are my actions? What's my bedroom like? What am I doing to set myself up for success? Or what we've also seen is, you know, things start to go the other way where you stop keeping track of what's going on with your weight. And then all of a sudden you stop making your bed and all of a sudden you stop taking responsibility and you can't get anything moving and you feel completely floundering. There are two movies that I had seen in my early twenties that, that showcased this idea of not having that momentum moving forward and just kind of floundering. And with knowing that any wrong slip you fall into the perils of your own personal hell when you're like on that line. Okay. Now the idea for, and both, I'll just give you the movies. One is called the low life and the other one is called floundering. And it was directed and written by James LaGrosse. He also starred in it. And both of these movies show young 20 something men who are just starting out their careers, but they're one foot going forward and one foot in the hell. And if they make any false wrong move, they take the wrong job or they meet the wrong girl, their lives can be destroyed instantly. This is young men slowly trying to put it together. And I've seen both of these movies at a time where I was the age of these characters and I could young identify. Young trying to put it together. Trying to put it together. And I'm like, I understand that how this feels that if you make the wrong step, it's going to be hard to recover, or at least I don't want to know what happens if I make the wrong step. I don't think I could deal with myself if I make that wrong step. But when I had gotten to this point after music, I had found myself back in that place again and needed to do something severe. And when I say severe, it's like, well, going back to basic principles. And it came back to my dad yelling at me going, well, if you're going to get out of this, the only person that's going to do it is you yourself. So it takes with these small personal accountability steps to start eking your way forward. But when I look back on it, I saw that all those small steps started building a stronger foundation that wouldn't allow me to slip backwards if I stayed on that path. Accountability starts with yourself. And when you realize that, hey, I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. Then we can take the extra vulnerable step of verbalizing and sharing those goals with other people. Yes. And this is a concept that gets bantered around, not just in weight loss or exercise, but even in business. Yep. What gets tracked improves. Yes. What you measure, you actually now have some control in. I remember those days when I was trying to lose weight and the scariest thing in the world was to step on that scale and actually track it and put a number down, Yeah, right? And then I got some bad news about my health. I had high blood pressure from a lot of stress. I remember that. And I had to wear a machine to measure <laughs> my blood pressure. And it was at 15-minute intervals. Yeah. I remember being in front of the room teaching class and this thing's buzzing on my arm. And it was a real <laughs> wake-up call of like, hey, your health is important. And you're a young man. Let's and not forget that. I was scared to – Measure my blood pressure. You sure? But guess what? It, it wasn't under my control then. No. Right? 
when you stop measuring, when you stop tracking, when you stop looking at these things, putting some actual focus on them, well, it's easy for these things to fall to the wayside and for you not to get that forward momentum that we're talking about. So when we're talking about accountability, we're also talking about some responsibility here, mm -hmm. right? Taking responsibility in your life for what's going on. And this was a thing we touched on in part one of Brutal Truths, right? Yes. It's important for you to realize that no one else cares. Everyone else is suffering. Everyone else is going on about their business. If you're not taking personal responsibility, you can't sit there waiting for someone to magically wave a wand for you to lose <laughs> some weight or grow your business or get those friends, get that social circle. You hit on it earlier, and I want to reiterate, both of us, I think we grew up kind of smart asses and we had our own way of figuring things Maybe out. Maybe you, not me. <laughs> Speak for yourself. And uh, everyone who is going to tell you how to make things happen and get things done, but you're going to do it your own way and you have to exhaust your efforts first and foremost before you go, okay, well, now I'll just go back to the beginning and start over the way I'm supposed to and see what happens. Because there is this point of, if I go to this point and I put together these things and they don't work and I'm a failure, well, then there's nothing left. But the thing about it is to keep faith that these have been tried and true accountability and changes that you can make in your life. That will allow you to move forward. There is no risk. These will help you. Right. And that's the tracking. Yeah. You track it, it changes. You track it, it improves. And this is, whether it's KPIs in business, whether it's your goals, and we're going to talk a little bit later about how to set up goals for success. Yes. But tracking is a crucial part of this, and accountability adds that tracking to it, right? It's you yes. saying, I'm going to change this. I'm moving in the right direction because this is something I'm putting focus on. Now, I love this quote. We got a, a fantastic quote here from Nathaniel Brandon, the author of Taking Responsibility. Right on. A world in which we regard ourselves and one another as accountable for our choices and our actions works better than a world in which we deny such accountability. A denial of personal accountability does not serve anyone's self-esteem and least of all the person doing the denying. So when we try to think that, oh, responsibility is a choice, it's not a choice responsibility is going to catch up to you one way or another, I think whether so. you're taking it now or you're taking it 20, 30 years from now. And that was something that's been reinforced from the lessons we've learned in business, our personal growth, and my health issues, right? That responsibility is not something you can push off to tomorrow and the next day and think it's not going to catch up to you. Well, I, and I made mention of you saying that in the past you've been a procrastinator and I had said, well, and I've seen that in you and I've also seen you over the last few years, challenge yourself in that direction and pick that up a bit. And I think it's seeing what happens when you had taken the reins, taken accountability, the power you had gotten when doing that. So it's like, okay, got it, right? I don't need any more messages banging me over the head. I, I get it, right? So what else can I run after? And I know in my, my own life, for the times that I had taken accountability, saw ridiculous improvement and said, why didn't I do this in the past? So now it's in every aspect, what can I take responsibility for? And learning every day new areas and situations that I can, which is just utterly fantastic because now it's like, no matter what I do, there's an opportunity to have some control over it. 
And I know that there's a lot of people, one of the questions we get asked is, I'm in this job, I don't really like it, and I don't have any real control over the outcome of this, and besides, it's, you know, I'm working for somebody else. What can I do in this situation? And it was something I had read, and I can't remember where, but you know, this kind of stuff's everywhere in self-development, is lead from the seat that you're in. And there's no reason, and we've done this in the companies, like, there's no reason that I can't go into my desk and clean that area up, take control of my physiology of how I'm going to present myself at work and to my coworkers and to the team that I'm going to be working with that week and create my own value and society within and culture within that company or wherever I may be working. So where all of a sudden I'm coming in excited about the work that I'm going to be doing and getting through, well, as tight as I could be working for somebody else in that situation. And speaking to your leadership thing, right, as a leader, if you're not taking accountability, well, what do you think is happening to the people that are looking up to you? Yeah. And we had this conversation, right? As you you become a stronger leader, your words carry more weight. Your actions carry more weight. So this accountability, it's happening whether you like it or not, Yeah, is what we're getting to here. The responsibility and the accountability we're talking about personally is happening whether or not you are ready to face it. Thankfully, you're listening to the show. You've been enjoying the Toolbox episodes, and you realize that these are areas of my life that I want to change. And accountability, as I said to start, is that cheat code. And when we talk about goal setting, that's the first step towards accountability. It's articulating what are your goals, what matters to you, and what are you doing to improve these things. And we've seen this anecdotally. Yes. And that's that's what started the conversation. I, I saw this in my weight loss I've seen this with my golf game. I've seen this in business and hiring a business coach and setting out goals and then working your way back from those goals with a plan and articulating them to someone else. Well, that's a recipe for success in your life. So think about that. What do you want to accomplish in your life? Have you set some time aside to figure that out and answer that Mm -hmm. question? We know from the people that end up sitting on the couch in Los Angeles, most people haven't even taken time to articulate their goals for themselves, regardless of sharing them. Sure, and when we do that exercise, what I hear back is, I've never done that before, that helped me, it just helped me see things so much clearer, is what the guys would say, which always blows my mind. And the other thing is, this comes back to a point that we mentioned earlier, why this is difficult, because if you give this a shot and it fails, then you have to deal with that. But here's the thing about it. Are you going to tell me that you're the special snowflake, that this thing does not help? In order for the odds for that to happen, I think you'd have better odds in hitting the lottery. And to your point, okay, let's think about it. Let's unpack that a little further, right? Yes. Yes. If I tell someone my goals and I fail to achieve them, there is some pain and shame and embarrassment associated with that. Sure. Right? That's momentary. That's in the now. Let's run the tape forward 10, 20 years. (laughs) How much regret are you going to have for not setting out goals for yourself in the first place and living a life that just let things come at you and had no plan of action? What feeling of embarrassment and shame and sadness is going to have more weight? The momentary shame or sadness of letting down your accountability buddy or the sitting at the end of your life going, 
well, goddamn, I didn't even articulate goals. I didn't get the, where I wanted to be. Absolutely. And that is definitely going to carry more. I want to go back to the beginning of the initial shame that you might felt. It's fleeting. It's no big right. deal. We all fail at stuff. There's many things in my life that I'm working on just as well as anyone else. I'm not going to beat myself up when I blow it. I'm not going to beat myself up when I fall off the track. It's That's only going to hurt me. And here's the best part about it. When you include someone else, and we see this in the boot camp experience, when you include someone else, you're more capable than you even give yourself credit for. Yes. You are able to push through these own mental blocks and boundaries and limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves. And this happens Thursday on the street. So Thursday is a fun exercise in boot camp because you're going out and surveying people real time on your first impression. So a notebook, walking up, write down three words to describe me, okay? And we always start the exercise saying, have at it, guys. Go out there and get some signatures. And after about an hour, we then pair you up. And without fail, the number of signatures and approaches and conversations shoots through the roof when you have an accountability buddy. When there's someone else there, not only to hold you accountable to push you forward, but also there to support you when you backslide, mm -hmm. when you've walked a few blocks without going after a conversation or an approach, when you've allowed too much time to pass or you've allowed that excuse to stand in your way. So the power of accountability is one, and yes, I'm articulating and I'm moving towards this goal, but two, it's having someone to support you in those moments when you didn't live up to the goal. And what we're talking about here is raising accountability to a conscious level that you're making a commitment and a choice to it, not saying, well, yeah, of course I want to do better. I'm accountable. Yeah, I wish I could do that. No, we're this is a whole different level. When you're bringing it to a conscious level, you're articulating it to other people. You are committing to these words. So if we do this in class with people who are who love self-development, who love personal development, who do all these things that we find that a majority of them don't do this exercise. What does that say about everyone else in the general population? This is, they're not bothering with this. Right. this. This is a terrifying subject. So now if we're dealing with a terrifying subject, and that means that if you find your way that this needs to happen and you need to start taking accountability and start moving into your life and make some things happen, that means odds are you're alone in this. So then it's about, well, if I don't find some people who are going to do this with me or encourage me and I have this accountability, it's only going to go so far. There are moments where we've seen accountability in our lives that maybe we didn't even realize were accountability. A lot of times this accountability is happening behind the scenes. Well, yeah, you you figure out what will allow you to do a certain thing and you get to where you need to go, but you don't look at it in other areas. And it's great. And to come back to my point a little earlier is you can get so far without that accountability, buddy. But once you realize how terrifying this is for other people to commit to, bring to a forefront, and now are consciously choosing to go in this manner by taking responsibility because it takes so much effort on yourself and you know that, Hey, I'm hungry. I probably shouldn't eat. I already had three meals today. I probably should go to bed. You know, like and I have to get up at a certain time. Once you start disciplining yourself in order to allow accountability to take effect, 
you want to surround yourself by other people that know that struggle. They're high performers. They know the sacrifice that they're going to need to take to make themselves run this marathon, to make themselves do a two-a-day at a gym, to make themselves go to make themselves 10 times more this month than they had last month, to, to make those things happen and the sacrifices we need to take. I mean, you don't need to listen to too many other podcasts to hear about some extreme individuals, such as somebody like Jocko Willink, talk about the sacrifices that it takes in order to keep a sharp mind and a fresh outlook on things and to be able to take accountability. So what happens? You look around. No one else is deciding to do it. And this is why having a network that is, surrounds you with those like-minded people is so effective. And they'll give you a case from our life, and I haven't given you this prop yet, but I'm going to give it to you now. That's what the show prep is for, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was holding this one. So in the past, we were doing these two-a-days. I know, I remember there was a lot of stuff with your father passing, your grandmother passing, and some other things going on. And we just needed to rely on each other to move this company forward. And it was a tough time for you. So we're like, let's do some two-a-days. Let's get our minds right. Let's focus on what's important. Forget everything else. We got a job to do. And that's difficult. And But, you know, I relied on a lot to keep things moving and keep things in a certain mindset. Now, we fast forward two years later, and I got to say, Amy has certainly done a number on you in, in the last few years. I could say that. and In a good way. And, and, He's listening, Johnny. And, so Of course. <laughs> uh, hello, Amy. And point being is... So my workouts had started to tone down. I was just doing three a week and just doing the minimum. And I was eating like three meals, but I realized I had plateaued. And then Amy had got you on this kick where you were doing berries like five days a week. And you were intermittent fasting on top of that. And I'm sitting there like, God damn it. Now I have to start picking it up. So it went from me leading the charge on that route to you not leading the charge on that route because it was already an acceptable and mutual commitment to accountability years back. There was nothing to even need to be said, right? It was, I'm on this, right? I, I can't let this dude out work out me. There's no way. Right. And it's, and also we've always been a bit competitive in everything we did just for the fun of it, which is healthy about that. But, but there was, there was that commitment to each other in that. And so I was like, well, I need to start hitting berries more. And so now my workouts went to from three to four to five. And now there's, they're almost close to some two days. And that ties to the larger point, right? There's accountability in telling someone else mm -hmm. there's accountability in putting some money on the line. And Barry's boot camp yeah. and Soul Cycle and a lot of these workout oh, classes, yeah. there's money on the line. There is. You can't just cancel the morning of, oh, I'm not going to show up today. You already paid. And oh, by the way, you got to then call someone on the phone and come <laughs> up with some excuse about how you twisted your knee or someone's sick. You know, you've been up all night. Now, I don't know if this is in their operations manual because I've never called where they didn't move my money to another day or anything. They never took it. However, they make it difficult for you to have to call in again and go, oh, so yeah, I could, I had a meeting and uh, my my knees hurt. And uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not. Like, and then you got to hope someone else answers, answers the phone. The phone. You don't want to be the same girl. So, <laughs> and the thing is the way they're, and of course, if you look at it in a large scale, how many people they're doing with, it's hard if they 
they're really going to remember you, but I, I know they remember my dumb ass because <laughs> I'm a bit distinct. However, I always, but it's like you, the, your name comes right up on the computer. They know exactly who you are. And the way they talk to you on it is almost with this familiarity where you don't want to have that happen. You don't want to tell them no. And this is, <laughs> this is a great transition into how to be a good accountability buddy. Yes. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion.
Johnny and I have been each other's accountability buddies over the last decade. And it, it goes beyond just losing weight, right? There was some partying going on where we both said, <laughs> hey, it's time to get it together. We got to focus on growing the company, setting goals personally, professionally. And here's the thing that's so amazing about being someone else's accountability buddy, right? As Johnny was talking about, I'm telling Johnny I want to lose weight. Johnny's my accountability buddy. Well, now he's feeling a little bit of pressure of, whoa, AJ's actually losing the weight. Yeah. I got to hop on board. Yep. Our good buddy Till recently gave up sugar. Yep. And I remember he mentioned it in passing and I wasn't really thinking about it. And then we're out for dessert and I'm ready to pass the dessert. <laughs> and I go, oh, he's giving up sugar, right? Yeah. So accountability buddy AJ steps in and goes, no, okay, he doesn't want any pie. And then I ended up eating less pie. Yeah. Right? So- when we talk about accountability, lead from the seat you're in, yes. taking that personal responsibility, that's rung one. Rung two is, okay, telling someone else, being vulnerable, saying, hey, I need a little help getting to this goal. And here's the thing. You're going to find people who are going to laugh and are going to say, why do you need that? You look fine. You don't, And they don't get it. But if you're not going to lead by yourself and you're not going to put yourself out there, you're not going to be able to bring in other people who are on that train. And that's what I was getting at, the third rung of this accountability. Once you realize I take your responsibility and, in fact, I know the power of this cheat code, I'm recruiting some people to yeah. help me, then you look for opportunities to be accountable to others and help other people reach their goals. And I feel honored when people look up to me to be that accountability buddy, whether it's Till trying to avoid sugar, whether it's the guys in boot camp saying, hey, I want to get better at this. That puts an added pressure on me. Okay, step it up. Hit the gym. Get in front of the room. Own it. So that's how we motivate ourselves. And a lot of people come in and ask us, how are you not only teaching this, but doing it, but living it? How do you reach all these goals? Well, it's not alone. No. It's not alone. If I listen, if I go in front of that room and I say something, you better believe there is a, an amount of guilt if I don't stick to what, what I'm speaking about. And those workouts, it's like... And how many times have our chops been busted over oh, our posture, our oh, body language yeah, in I, that room? And because I am now so set, overly sensitive about it, I see it in other people, which everyone who comes through the program, when they get busted on, they become overly sensitive to where they're able to read body language in others too. That's how this works. Right. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about being a high value person. Yeah. We did a deep dive into this episode 697 and on about what it means to be high value. High value people hold themselves accountable, look to bring other people in to support that accountability, and then go to that third level of what can I do to the people around me to help them reach their goals, to help them be accountable to themselves and what they're personally after. And that's what makes it so awesome when we talk about being a good accountability buddy, well, being supportive. Right. And there are people in our lives. There were people in the company in the past that I would not have trusted to be my accountability buddy no. because they didn't have the tools to support you when you fell off track. It's yeah, easy to bark at someone and be like, till drop the pie. You shouldn't be eating that. It's a lot more difficult to be a supportive accountability buddy who says it's OK till tomorrow's a new day. Don't worry about that piece of pie you just. Well, ate. speaking of from inside and outside the company, here's here's one for you. 
This is what I love about how we've been putting things together in the last few months. When hiring these new positions that we've been talking about and looking at these people, you better believe that everyone that we've put into a place to help us move forward are people that we're looking to aspire to be in their perspective places and roles, right? We could even mention John here, who's bringing organization to us, getting this podcast out on a weekly basis that we didn't have at that point. And with everything else we have going on, we need somebody who is much better than us in that position so we can start getting much better to help him for his role. And to your point, what do we look for, right? In terms of hiring, we look for proactivity. Yes, we're not looking for the culture of blame and point fingers. We're looking for someone who's going to step into the role and, and overwhelm and overdeliver. Yeah. What's an easy way to find that in someone? Ask them about what's going on in their personal life. Yeah. Ask them about their goals, right? If they're honest with you, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm getting coaching in this area. I'm looking to be more mindful. Well, guess what? That's a pretty darn good fit for our culture here at The Art of Charm because we know the power of accountability and setting goals for yourself. Well, you know, we've known John for a while, and I this has not had to happen my direction, but I know it's it will come if it needs to, which is if I mess up in any way where I hold anything up or I'm the bottleneck, I already know that John's going to be calling me going, uh I think it's time that you and I had a talk. <laughs> and I love that, which means I don't want that call. Right. And that <laughs> avoiding that call is pretty motivational. Pretty right? motivational. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how accountability is is finding our way into our lives within the company and outside of our lives. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about how to be a good accountability yeah, buddy for that. someone. Because that's what high value people do. That's what we aspire to on the podcast. And when we talk about taking accountability and responsibility for your own life, we're also looking for ways that we can be better givers and take some responsibility outside of just our own purview. And the people around us, they have goals and aspirations. Have you surveyed your friends what their goals are? Do you even yeah. know what they are? How many of us go through life having no understanding of what the people around us are trying to achieve? And for any of this to, to become possible, that we have to revisit vulnerability. And if you're afraid of doing that, you're not going to be able to, to find out what these things are. And I state this every week. If you are surrounded by low-value people, then your vulnerability will be used against you. It's a weapon. And so if you feel that you can't open up, guess what? You've surrounded yourself with low-value people that you don't trust. That's a bad place to put yourself in. Now, if you feel good in being vulnerable and you, and you can open up about these things and needing some help and you have people who are there to help you, well, then you've put yourself in a beautiful place to make a lot of things happen. So let's just start out by saying if you don't feel good about opening up about these goals, then you need to clean house first and foremost, metaphorically and literally. So to your point, you stood out to me as an accountability buddy on the weight loss because you were doing it yourself. Yeah. Right. So that's what we mean by being a good accountability buddy. It's taking responsibility and action yourself first. Yes. It's easy to bark orders at someone else. It's easy to point out all the times that they're not reaching their goals and they're screwing up. It's a lot more difficult to be in the lead, to be the pace car. Mm -hmm. So, Step one to being that good accountability buddy, clean your house, clean what's going on with you personally, show that you're motivated and you're ready to do the work. Step two, be vulnerable, 
share with the people around you what you're working on. We're all working on stuff. You're listening to the show. You're yep. into self-development and improving yourself. How many people in your life right now know what you're working on? That's the vulnerability that Johnny's talking about. It took both of us being honest with each other saying, you know what? I feel overweight. I yeah. don't want to take my shirt off. I don't feel comfortable. Summer's here. Let's get this figured out. That wasn't an easy step for either of us as guys. Well, to be like, hey, you know, I'm, I don't feel good in my physical. I don't feel good taking my shirt off. And physical is one aspect. And this goes to something that Penn Gillette had said upon him losing all that weight. And he said that all this time that he's been a heavy guy and being successful, he never thought that there was a correlation between his weight and how he was feeling upstairs mentally. And he said, and I'm sorry to say, and he goes, he's, I, mean, I can't remember which where I saw this, but he says, I'm sorry to say to all my friends who are overweight that I was with you before, but I'm not with you any longer. When you are physically fit, you are so mentally sharp, but you can't understand the difference because you don't have you've that been, comparison. Yeah, you've been living in the fog. You, it's yeah, tough to see what a sunny day is when you're walking around in that fog. And as much as I love to be able to fit in my jeans, and, and even if I had 40 of them staring at me, and that's great, that's fantastic. The fact that I know how sh sharp I can be compared to if I wouldn't be working out, that to me is not a comparison that I want to play with anymore. I know that on every day of my life, my happiness depends on me being as sharp as I possibly can. And I'm going to do that for myself. And that's just it. I don't see another argument for that. So we're taking responsibility for ourselves. We're being vulnerable. We're sharing with the people around us what we're working on. And then we're also listening. Yeah. Right. We're picking our ears up and, and listening to what the people around us have to say. And when you find that people around you are articulating being vulnerable and being willing to share their goals, then the offer of, hey, let's work on this together. Yeah. I was listening to this podcast with two bros, AJ and Johnny, and they <laughs> said this cheat code accountability. That's how you become a good accountability buddy. You're not a good accountability buddy if you're just running around pointing out all the flaws in everyone oh, else and yeah. everything else that they have to change. That's not how you're going to be that person that other people aspire to be and other people feel safe and feel comfortable being vulnerable with. And I know for me, sure, there were times that you told me, hey, buck up. You got to get to the gym. Let's do this. Yeah. And there were other times where I fell off and you were supportive and said, hey, there's tomorrow. Yeah, let's, let's right? not worry about that. We so, got to project. You got to look at forward. And right? here's the thing. You know, we – we get this question all the time. I don't have anything to bring to the table. How can I be a high value person, right? I don't have skills like you. I don't have a network like you. How can I be high value? You can be high value by investing in the people around you. One of the easiest ways to invest in them is to be an accountability buddy. Yep. To support them in their journeys. You know, to go along with that, there's a question of how is I, I want to get into this group. I want to be, I want to be with these popular people. I want to, I want to kind of slide in here. You can go about doing that. That's called chasing. Right. I would rather you take the people who are around you and build them up into something. And then all of a sudden, you're now at the center of that amazing circle of all these brilliant, awesome people doing all these great things. And why they get there? Because of your help. Rather than trying to slide in sideways into somebody else's group, which, yes, it can be done. But if you put all your energy it's into not that. It's about being opportunistic. Yes. It's about elevating the people around you. And obviously the people around you are there for a reason right now. Yes. I want to talk about setting goals. And I know for us that goals have 
a loaded terminology to them. Yes. Right? Goals can feel almost like a weight in and of itself. Yes. So we want to talk about setting SMART goals, and SMART's actually an acronym here on purpose. Yes. So I'm not just throwing it out there saying we're smarter than you. SMART is the acronym that we're using. Specific, meaningful, actionable, realistic, and this last one is important, time-oriented goals. Yeah, let's go through all this. Yeah. So let's start with specific. Goals are not helpful if they're these giant, nebulous, unarticulable ideas that you have in your head. And when we go around the room and we start plotting out what life looks like in five years down the road, I can tell you that everyone says the same thing. I want to be successful and everything. Everyone likes me and that's great. Uh, okay, well, we're going to need to be specific because that is a too broad, right? That's that's aiming at the, the barn, right? When we want to hit the well, bullseye. Exactly. I, I mean, I want to be successful. Well, you know. There's Who doesn't? My grandma wants to be successful. different ways to be successful too. So if you haven't picked a path and, and articulated what that path is, there's going to be a lot of spinning your wheels. So being specific helps quite a bit. Understanding truly what it is that this goal is about for you. Yes. And on Tuesday, we ask everyone who gets in front of the room, what are your goals for the week? And we already start massaging and working on Yes. This. And we find a lot of times that when we are just prompted, what's your goal? You know, we'll blurt out something. But taking a step back, and thinking specifically, is that truly your goal or are you letting yourself off the hook by just articulating something, right? Being specific here is important. The second one is meaningful. It's not going to be a goal if it doesn't have meaning for you. And that's where a lot of that, where now we're tying in what happens when you don't hit those goals. And that's when it gets really scary. Right. right? If it doesn't, if there's meaning for it and I can't hit it, now I'm down on myself and now it, what can happen, I can start beating myself mercilessly and we get into a, a bad loop. However, if you lay these goals out properly, you can avoid that. Yeah. You, I, can, you can move on that. I don't care about playing guitar music. It's not my bag, not my thing. So for me to set a goal of, oh, I want to learn guitar. Yeah. That's not meaningful to me. That's easily skipped over to play the video game, to go hang out with Till, to yeah. eat that pie. That doesn't have any motivation for me behind it. It's not tied to something that I truly care about. So picking other people's goals, mm -hmm. right? That's when we get into trouble. So make sure the goal is meaningful for you. Actionable, the A in smart, actionable. It has to have an attainment through you, something that you can correct. It's not waiting for an opportunity, right? Yeah. We're, we're here in Hollywood. So everyone's waiting for their break, right? They of need course. that producer to walk in, that manager to see them, that person to, to change their life. Well, and when, if you look at that in that manner, you're waiting on a lightning strike. So hope is a strategy and now you can kick back. Hope is not a goal. You can Hope's kick back a strategy. just relax and now it's wait for it to happen. It has to be actionable to you, tied to an action that you're going to take, not waiting for someone else to take action to help you achieve it. Realistic. This is another one that trips a lot of us up, right? We just put down Elon Musk's biography, and yeah. all of a sudden we're shooting over the moon <laughs> into Jupiter, and we're making the goals unrealistic. Yeah. And that, again, comes back to putting too much pressure on yourself. And that's why a lot of people shy away from this goal. Now, oriented I'm, behavior because 
all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not going to achieve that. Now I have an opportunity to beat myself up. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to speak from a guy's perspective on that because that's all I have. And you ladies who are listening to Shake and yell at me or just give me your email him, Johnny yeah, at the Art of Charm. He loves yell at me. But no, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well if it's the same, which is guys have a tendency to want to pick the unrealistic goal because that's more manly. When you pick the little ones, Right? They're like, well, that's no big deal. What, you lost five pounds? Your goal's 50. You're going to celebrate that? When in actuality, you have to celebrate the five-pound loss because it allows you to know you're moving in the right direction. But we skip over that because it's not the main goal. I did that myself, and I that is a losing battle. And the unrealistic goal gives you the easy way out. Yeah. Right? It's easy for them to go, well— no one can reach it, so it's no, not it's, a big deal, right? It lets you off the hook responsibility-wise. Setting a realistic goal for yourself is important here with our smart goal setting. The last one, T, is unavoidable. This is what a true goal is, right? This is the difference between a goal and an aspiration. Time-oriented. Put a time frame on it. Put some pressure. Put a shot clock on you. And that's the thing, right? Where goals get scary, it's because there's this feeling in the back of your mind that I'm going to get the stick when I don't reach this goal. <laughs> right. And that's where a lot of that BS is coming from. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about getting something we can all agree on in a time frame we can agree on. So we can all work together, together to get there. Right. But when you throw goals out the window, it's easy for you to go with the wind, right? Yeah. Well, one week I'm learning to skateboard. The next week I'm working on mastery of my blog. The next week I'm working on weight loss. Setting goals for yourself, articulating them personally to yourself, and then you actually map out the plan. And that's where the time-oriented comes in, right? If we don't pick a time, then how the heck are we supposed to plan? How do we get there? Yeah. Right? So specific, meaningful, actionable, realistic, and time-oriented goals. I love it. The first step to setting this accountability in your life. Now. What can we do on a daily basis to make ourselves more accountable? And this is something you hinted at earlier in the show, making your bed. Oh, yeah. Setting up routines and habits around waking up and going to sleep. Well, I know. Bookending your day with something. I personally know that if I can't get those things started, then everything else falls to shit. Those things set up a foundation for everything else that happens for the rest of that day. And one of the reasons I was afraid of doing intermittent fasting is because it took away my morning routine of my bacon, eggs, and coffee. And I was worried that if I broke that tradition, that ritual in the morning, that some of my other things would fall apart. And I just had to hold myself accountable. And in fact, being able to remove that had me being able to focus on things a little even more, which was weird to me. But I, I guess that's just my temperament. But... That's how important that was at that point of, of setting up that ritual of everything else is going to be built on for that day. Mapping out that plan of how to get there gives you these daily actions that you can check, that right you can on. set up to not break that chain. We talked about this on our Facebook Live. We may have covered it in a recent podcast, but this yes. idea around the psychology of momentum mm -hmm. and setting yourself up for success by every single day checking that box. Well, because not only do you not have an accountability partner staring at you, now the calendar's staring at you. Right. So you got XXX. Psychologically, you don't want to break that chain. No. You don't want to now go a day without the X. Nope. 
So you start setting yourself up for success. And here's the thing. These small, actionable steps every single day can feel a little monotonous. I get it. But when you have that smart goal, you have a path to get there, you're in that 3%. This is the cheat code working to your advantage. When you don't succeed, it's not about beating yourself up. And we all can do that. We can all find every reason under the sun to call ourselves failure X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. In the moment, you don't get the X. It's not about beating yourself up. Write down a reason that you didn't succeed as well as a plan to overcome that. I like that. So that we're taking our L's and turning them into lessons. Great. Right? You didn't get the X. Well, what'd you learn? Was there something that triggered you? Was there something that took precedence that pushed you off course? Now you've identified it. Now you can make sure that that doesn't allow you to get off course again. But when you don't look at why was there no X on the board, well, that same trigger can happen over and over again. And all of a sudden you're slipping into not reaching those goals. Here's my favorite part about all of this, yeah. right? We're going analog here, guys. And I know on the family page or private alumni group, it feels like monthly. Someone's trying to find another app to increase their productivity, another technological advancement to hold them accountable. We see it every day. Every day there's a post about it. You need a calendar and a pen. You don't need the phone. Put down the app store. You can easily do this analog, tracking yourself by writing it. And that's one of the really powerful things. I know it's like beating a dead horse talking about journaling and writing here, but yeah. it really has a psychological trigger that allows you to reach deeper than just plugging it in a phone or just flippantly saying it. When you're writing it, you're committing to it. When you're drawing that X physically, you've checked that box. You can move on to the next day and use that momentum moving forward. What has been most important to me and, and one of the things that I've been trying to do more of as of lately is write, and you know this, and I've been trying to do all my things and I'll hold myself to make sure that there are a certain amount of hours a week to do that. And if I get bored, it's like, well, why aren't you just writing? Oh, well, okay, I'll, I'll get started. And I realize just how much better of a speaker it has made me, how much better of a, a to work through my thoughts it has allowed me and see things more clearly. But also the way I try to inspire myself with, with writing or, or any, or if I want something to stick so that I'm just not passively ingesting content, because let's face it, we are in a, an environment that is so easily to listen to so much stuff and just passively absorb it. And, and, and what are you learning? What are you retaining? This is what I loved about that, right? You said, well, when I set a goal for myself of writing, more, yes. then I had a very easy choice to make when I got bored. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, I got this goal staring at me. Why so didn't I start that's writing? That's easy choice. Yeah. But when you don't make goals, boredom can take you down the YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're seven pages deep in mm -hmm. Wikipedia. Yeah. So that's the power of goals. Well, the, what I also wanted to state in that with this writing is that I know how easy it is to passively to absorb stuff. So I have a whiteboard and this is, I know that if I grab my phone and jot it in the notes, probably not going to remember it. I know with myself that if I grab my computer after hearing something that inspired me or wanted it to stick, that I would jot it down on a, on a notepad there. I know that's probably not the best. I have a whiteboard that is actively getting 
destroyed that any time that I hear something on a podcast or an audio book or something that I read that I want to stick, I go to the board and I write it down. Now, that is completely illegible for anyone to read. <laughs> you see my handwriting, but I can read it. And I got to say that helps me keep things. It makes things stick. It helps me retain things. So understanding that is also seeing why the only thing we really need here is that pen and that paper. So we got our goals. We mapped out a plan. We're well on our way to accountability. Now let's find someone we trust and let's articulate our goals to them. So I trust our audience. Yeah. They've been with us for 11 years now. I'm going to articulate my goals to the audience. All right. All right. We'll start with something silly. I want to shoot under 80 <laughs> on a golf course. All right. And it's two years plus into the journey. When I broke 90, I was excited. Yeah. But not nearly as excited as I'll be when I get into the 70s. <laughs> the second thing, it's a little vain. But I want to prove to myself, going along with these weight loss talk that we've had, I want to get to a six-pack by the end of summer. All right. And it's been a huge lifestyle change. Johnny yeah. will be the first to attest. Of course. When we were living together years ago, I was a guy who thought I was a night owl, that if I just slept in, I was more productive in the evening, got everything done. And that- It's became, funny how you rationalize some stuff. Yeah, it became I, a very I, easy narrative. Right? I can only agree with you on that. I was in the same- spot. So, And Johnny hinted earlier at Amy inspiring me. He, he didn't quite use the word inspiring, but Amy has inspired me to work out first thing in the morning. Yeah. So now my morning is 5 a.m. I hit the gym. It sets up my day for success. So that's my physical, right? So I have a personal, I have a physical, and I do have a business desire, a business goal. And that is for me with everything that I'm working on, not just in AOC, but for me personally to hit $1 million a year in income. Yeah. That's a goal. And working back from that allows me to map out buying a house in Los Angeles, map out setting up a family, sure, creating a family, setting up a family is probably not the <laughs> right way to put that, right? That provides, in my mind, what I see as financial security. It's a large goal. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about here, right? You want to set goals in all of these areas of your life. And now I'm sharing it with an audience that I trust. So the, the smart goal that I articulated in all of that was yes. the fitness goal. Yes. Right. And that's been something that's been a passion of mine, something that I've really been driving towards for the last three, four months now. Mm -hmm. With that, as we talk about goals shift and goals change, there's nothing wrong with that. My golf goal is kind of slid to the back burner right now. Gotcha. A lot going on, physical workouts. Well, I seen that. I mean, we were at Top Golf the other week and, uh, there was some I things know. getting was, chunked right, left. I was hitting the right <laughs> and the left fence, not the back fence like normal. Thank you, Johnny. Always here to hold me accountable. I no like problem. it. No problem. <laughs> now, the, the million-dollar income in a fiscal year, personally, is not a goal that I have within the next calendar year, but it's a goal that I set out in my 20s in moving away from a science career and moving into something that I thought was a little more limitless. And one of the things that I realized from – a lot of my experience in Michigan, it was one of my first encounters really with the ultra wealthy, right? Yeah. Blue collar guy came from salt to earth background. We talked a lot about that. And what I realized in encountering a lot of people who come from wealthy backgrounds, 
majority of them had parents who owned their own business. Yes. And that kind of scratched that itch. And then as I started talking to really successful business owners in my life, I realized that a lot of them, they're making money from six, seven different sources. Mm -hmm. They're not just relying on a salary. Now, growing up in Michigan, growing up with the background that I had with my dad, you know, salary was it. Salary yeah. and a pension, dude, you're A-OK. -okay. So that was a, a total shift mentality-wise for me, and I set that out as a goal in my 20s. I'm here in my 30s. Now, it might not be the smart goal that has the time-oriented action on it, but it's been something that I've been slowly clawing my way through as a personal goal. Now, Johnny, do you have any goals that you'd like to share with our audience that you trust so much? Well, it's funny. I wasn't thinking about that before I came in, but since you threw it up there, you just threw me on the hot seat, so I got to throw up something, right? So, you know, and, and you talking about that, I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to pony up. So I've been working on, on writing and getting better with that, so I'll go ahead and, and complete this book goal. So I guess in, in some capacity, I will have my first attempt at a, a full-fledged book. How it will be published? Well, that'll be determined by everything else that we have done. But it should be packed up, ready to go, and ready to be offered within, let's just, let's give it the year for this day. Um, that sounds reasonable. I've been working on it for the last year, I guess I could say. And, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So we'll put that of actually showing it having people criticize it and scrutinize it and give me the works, we'll give it a year. How about that? Okay. And then, you know, one of the things I was laughing because I was, I was extremely pleased with myself for hitting marks for this summer on, on weight business. So the goal now is to let's just keep that as the campaign. And that's going to be what that is. And that campaign is five days a week. And the bare minimum of, of five workouts, everything else added to that, that's that's uh, icing on the cake. Uh, that's icing on the cake. That's the new. That's the new floor. So I don't know. There's two goals put together there. Now for me, those three goals that I articulated. Yeah. I started to notice a pattern in myself. So with golf, uh, living here in California, I learned how to play golf from an uncle growing up. But complete hack, no concept of how to truly swing a golf club. And then I just dropped it in Michigan. You can't golf year-round. Yeah. Living here in L.A., a lot of my friends being locals are like, let's get on the golf course. How do you not golf? I can't believe you don't golf. So for my birthday, there's a, a beautiful Jack Nicholas design course here in L.A. And they have a birthday special. So buddy of mine, college golfer, great uh, golfer, took me out for my birthday. And I lost 30 balls in one round. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a tight course. There's a lot of that goes into it. I won't get into that for you golfers. You can feel free to email me. I'll break down. <laughs> After losing all these balls, Johnny touched on how competitive I am. I was so yeah. frustrated. And imagine I'm golfing in a foursome with two college golfers and a scratch golfer. So they're waiting on me. I'm yeah. totally embarrassed by the end of the round. And I'm like, how do I get better at this damn game? And my buddy said, get a lesson, get a coach. Yeah, just get a coach. You're not going to watch some videos and figure it out where you are right now. And knowing how competitive you are and knowing that you'll throw yourself into it, get a coach. You know, a 13-year-old kid on YouTube is not going to help you figure it out by watching him do it. He'll definitely embarrass me. <laughs> that, that much is true. So I signed up for lessons, and I went from shooting consistently in the hundreds yeah. to breaking 90. Yeah. And it was funny because my friends— you know, they had known me as the hacky golfer that would lose some balls and just have fun on the course. And then yeah. all of a sudden I started 
breaking 100, starting getting close to breaking 90, and they noticed me taking a little longer on the greens, trying to read things, slowing down, being a little more competitive. The coach brought that out in me. Mm-hmm. The first thing the coach said is, well, what are, what are your goals with golf? I was yeah. like, I don't know, compete with my friends. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> <What's>, yeah. <laughs> what are they shooting? I'm like, well, they're consistently in the 70s. He's like, okay, now we have a goal to work with. Yeah. He goes, now what's your time frame? So my coach started right. holding yeah. me accountable. He started with, let's design a goal, then let's make a plan. Now Great. I'm going to push you to get there, right? My buddy knew he wasn't going to have the patience to go out with me on the course and fight through all the hacking that was going on. So get a professional. <laughs> what do you know? Same things happen with me fitness. I've been hitting berries. Johnny talked about, yeah. we've made a pledge to hit workouts five times a week. I'm still plateauing. I dropped a bunch, but I'm still plateauing. And with my fitness goal, I now realize that it's probably going to take a little more than I'm mentally capable of right now. Yeah. Well, so I'm getting a personal trainer. Gotcha. And I've been auditioning a few. I finally have a couple that I'm, I'm really close to pulling the trigger on. And that's going to push me that extra 10% to get me to that goal. Well, fitness. I mentioned I went in on that. So, Lastly, and this is something that's happened over the last six months, talking again to my friends who are two, three rungs ahead of me in business, mm-hmm. ahead of us in business, and asking them, you know, I feel good. I feel like I have direction. I feel like I know all the pieces. What What's it going to take to get up to your level? It's a coach. Yeah. It's a mentor. It's someone who's been there before. So I just started working with a business coach about a month ago, someone who's built a huge marketing agency, sold it, then built two other businesses after it. So this is someone who's done not just the one shot, made it big, but has been on this business journey and growth journey multiple times and has reached heights that for a while would have been unimaginable to me. Mm -hmm. So when you have friends that maybe can't hold you accountable, are you looking outside for that extra edge? And the people that we know that are successful, whether it's fitness, whether it's golf, whether it's business, they're getting those coaches. You know, it's funny. I, one of the comments that kind of pissed me off about this was before we did the Miami mastermind. I was trying to, to get to a, a certain goal and weight. And I, it was about two months previous and I posted on our bulletin oh, yeah. board about I had plateaued and one of the, who's a, a trainer, he goes, well, yeah, did your workouts plateau? And I went, Duh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, well, he got me there. So it was like, okay, I need to pick it up. And, and you know, I did a couple other things. And, of course, I blasted right through that. Like, well, why couldn't I just see through that? But it took somebody outside to point that out. And without a coach, it's impossible to see that. And what we see a lot of time is that problems will persist unless you find somebody who's been through that before. Why? They know what you can't see. They know the blind spot. Absolutely. And on top of that, your mind, if you haven't reached some of your other goals, can be working against you. (laughs) It can be that governor that we talked about. It can tell you to quit far before you should be quitting. Yes. So depending on your goal, there will always be unforeseen obstacles in the way. No matter how good of a planner you are, right? All good plans go out the window the first time you get punched in the face. Yep. Doesn't matter how great of a planner you are, there's still going to be obstacles in your way. A knowledgeable person, an expert, 
someone who's been there before can help you circumvent these obstacles in ways that you haven't even thought of, that ways that you didn't even knew existed and help hold you to that commitment you made, right? My golf instructor said, you made a commitment to me to be here every week to break 80. What the hell are you doing skipping this week? What the heck is wrong with you? And lastly, an expert is going to have the most advanced, efficient, quickest way to get to that goal. And I'm going to add to this. You need to be open to listen to that, that criticism and that, uh, that accountability feedback. Yes, absolutely. Without it, uh, you're just, you're negating all the work that you've been putting in. So to recap, I know we talked about accountability at the start and accountability for a lot of people is like, Whoa, I don't need to involve other people. I'm not trying to share my vulnerabilities. What are you talking about guys? Hopefully through this podcast, you realize that accountability can start internally with yourself, taking some responsibility for the here and now and who you are. Accountability also means setting goals, pushing yourself to be accountable with a plan. And then lastly, the accountability that probably everyone's most familiar with is recruiting other people to help hold you accountable to those goals. That's how we reach success that for some of us, we may have never even wrapped our head around. Johnny, this was an important episode for me personally. I got to share some of my goals with the audience, and I think they're really going to get a lot out of the strategy and tactics we talked about for realizing their own goals. Yes, I believe this was a great discussion for those who aren't really sure on how to get started in being successful. And that Harvard Business School study that we discussed was pretty eye-opening. Imagine that the one thing that might separate you from achieving your goals is writing them down. AJ, I took notes during the show and I wrote that down. I'm excited to be even more accountable and to be a better accountability buddy. I think it's a great way to give value to others, which is a core AOC principle. If you like what you heard and you want to share your stories about goal setting, being an accountability buddy, or giving that accountability to others, we'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts at The Art of Charm on Instagram and Twitter. Or feel free to email me, AJ at The Art of Charm or Johnny at TheArtOfCharm.com. I also want to give a quick shout out to David from the other side of the pond there in London. He had set up this month's accountability program from inside the AOC family. I'm excited to see the results of that. Thank you, David. And for more information about the AOC boot camps, go to TheArtOfCharm.com slash bootcamp. Thanks again for listening and a big thank you to our sponsors. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah, remember you, you were the bad boy, you drew